Welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and this is my co-host, Diogo Valente. Hi guys, I'm Diogo here. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of our European Hoops Podcast. André, let's go. Let's get into it, man. What are you going to talk about today? This episode is the part two of our EuroLeague Week recap. And we will go over the last four games that took place on round seven. And also we'll review the standings and let you guys know what is sustainable, what we expect to happen moving forward, and what you can see changing on the the next rounds of the, the EuroLeague. We start with the game between Real Madrid and Virtus. It almost looked like Real Madrid listened to our uh, previous episode. And they wanted to prove a point and they beat Virtus by 26 in an extremely dominant fashion. They were favorites and they just showed that they seem to be a level above everybody else. And Campazzo, we spoke about how big of an addition he was for this Real Madrid team. And he ends this game with 18 points, 6 rebounds, 11 assists, 3 steals. And I guess more than what happened on this game, because that's kind of obvious it was a dominant victory by Real Madrid. What can the other teams do to catch up with them? Add more players, uh, have bigger <laughs> budgets, I don't know, something like that. Uh, I mean, what else is there to say? I, they're just on a different level, and they showed that. They, they were just dominant all around. Um, Virtus was not able to take care of the ball, and I think that was the biggest reason why... Real was able to pull away with the score. Uh, that second quarter, uh, Virtus had 10 turnovers in that quarter alone uh, against zero from Real Madrid. And, and that's where they started to get the separation. And Virtus was never able to come back. I mean, nobody can touch them, man. They, they have the best roster that I've probably ever seen in EuroLeague in, in my time. Uh, so it's just tough. I mean, maybe some teams can have competitive games, but to, to beat them, and especially like in a playoff series, or in a Final Four format, it's just going to be so hard because their team is just way too good. Uh, Virtus, obviously, they would have a chance because of the play style, the way they shoot the ball, but they wasn't able to take care of the ball. And then Real Madrid played a very good defensive game also. Uh, they they were able to force Virtus to shoot bad from the three-point the three point line, and they just didn't have a chance in the second half. And from the second quarter and on, it was just... It was, it was over, man. Like, they didn't have a chance. When Real Madrid steps up defensively and allows Virtus just 10 points on the second quarter and 14 on the third quarter, it just makes it impossible yeah. for teams to, to be able to compete with them. Because this Virtus team is playing at extremely good level, but at the same time, they have limitations. And if Real Madrid is just crushing them in that way while scoring at an incredible level on the other side of the court, of the court it's just very very hard for anyone to compete with them and Virtus turning over the ball 19 times and shooting 24% from 3 it just makes it impossible for them to, to go and beat this Real Madrid team on the road just a note you should probably mention that you are on your mid-20s otherwise the backlash of the best <laughs> roster ever will be strong but uh, I'm, I'm just joking obviously Real Madrid roster is impressive and it's one of the best rosters of the last years of the EuroLeague I have no doubt about that yeah Alba made it a high-scoring game, but uh, Paratinaikos was able to to score 99 points and to outscore them. And uh, this was a good game by Grigonis and uh, a good game by Mitoglou. And 
Panathinaikos, if they get into a rhythm, they are able to to outperform these teams that they should be beating. And we had pointed out the the matchup between Sterling Brown and Grigonis, and it was a good one, wasn't it? Oh, for sure. I mean, Grigonis obviously no Juancho and no Papa Petro, so he had to step up and play that three. And he did a very good job. And then Sterling Brown has been playing at a very high level for Alba. This was a, a very good win for Panathinaikos. They they showed up and, and they dominated from start to finish. Mitoglu is playing at such a high level. And, and I believe he should be the main four for this team because he just gives them so much stuff that they need as far as scoring, as far as rebounding. And the rest of the team was very solid and contributed nicely for this win. Uh, I think Alba, again, they played a very good game offensively. But they just don't have the consistency and the experience to stop these other teams. But they're always fun to watch. And I'm encouraged by what I keep seeing from them because they are a very fun team and they play good basketball. It's just that they don't have enough to to really compete with these other teams. Mitoglu ended the game with 24 points and 10 rebounds. He was one of the players I was the most excited to, to watch playing on this edition of the EuroLeague after the good indications he gave heading into the, the World Cup. And he's showing why. Kedrick Nunn played his first minutes for uh, this Paratinakos team. But uh, as many other players that we had mentioned before, he will take some time to get into a rhythm. But he certainly can be also an impactful player for uh, for Paratinakos team. And this is the type of game that I believe will suit them well. If they, they play fast and in a high-paced game with all of these uh, three-guard lineups, I think they will be able to, to perform at a, at a very high level. But do you think that um, it's asking too much from Grigonis to be their permanent small forward and to, to give them 30 minutes per game and to, to play at this level? Because I think he's able to do it. I just wonder in higher level matchups if uh, that will be the, the right fit for them and if they will just be able to, to defend well enough with this type of lineups. Well, right now they don't really have a choice because of the injuries. Uh, but having Papa Pedro and having Juancho, I think he would be. He would still. I think he would still play the small forward position, but just at times and in small sports. Uh, but I do think he's capable of that, and, and he's showing it. But uh, I don't think with the other guys coming back, I don't think it's going to be something required from him uh, in big, big minutes and in big games. But uh, if needed, he is capable of that. So I believe he will be fine. And who do you think will be losing? Uh, we have seen Slokas and Grant kind of stepping up as the, the main guards of uh, this team. Vildoza seems to be kind of on the outside looking in. Kyle Guy didn't play on the on uh, this game. Who do you think will be losing minutes to give Nan a bigger role? Yeah, probably Vildoza and Kyle Guy. Uh, I mean, Kyle Guy can can probably still get minutes because he's more of a off-the-ball type of guy. Uh, but a guy like Vildosa, who, who is supposed to be a, a point guard, and having Slukas there and Grant there, and then with Kendrick Nunn, uh, I think he will be losing that spot. And Josh talks about maybe Milano wanting him, so I don't even know if he's going to stay with the team uh, past December or January. So uh, I think Vildosa is the odd man out there. Yeah, I agree with you on that front. Now the question of the questions, because this is a conversation we will end up having at some point. Slukas Grand and Nan, it's quite of a good backcourt. How high would you rank them within the Euroleague? As far as backcourts? Yeah. Oh, man. 
pro- probably not even in the top five, honestly. <laughs> no, but j- just quickly, like Campazzo and Musa, Wade Baldwin and Lorenzo, uh, La Provitola and Sadoransky, uh, Mike James, Mike. Jordan... Mike James, Jordan Lloyd, Elio Cobo, and Campbell Walker. So that's three different combinations at least right there. It's more, but yeah, whatever. Uh, so yeah, they, they don't they don't have a chance to be in the top five. No way. <laughs> yeah, but uh, still, I think that they just found um, a good uh, combination with Lucas Grant and now none. I think those three will work very well as uh, backward players, be able to give different uh, things to, to the way that this team will play. And I think those three will be the ones coming out on top. And uh, we will see Paratinaikos, I believe we will see Paratinaikos stabilizing and starting to perform at a higher level than they were doing early on. And that would always be the case. I just think that we start seeing the, the players that will be impactful and that will be key for this team moving forward. And uh, these three guards seem to be kind of the, the winners of that battle on the backcourt. Yeah. Jabari is stepping up and uh, he's finding his rhythm and he had again a very good game this time around uh, against Red Star where he scored 20 points. But Red Star, despite the loss, 86 to, to 81, they were able to perform at a good level and they are also showing uh, the ability to be a competitive team. This was uh, an important win for Barcelona that uh, continues at the top of the, the standings. But uh, I think that more than that, we just start to see the, these teams finding themselves. And uh, that's a bit of a reality across the, the league and the EuroLeague. I think that this competitive game, this was a competitive game between two teams that have legit aspirations to, to be in the playoffs, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Red Star did a very good job being competitive in, in this game. But uh, Jabari Parker and Willierna Gomez, they dominated scoring-wise. And that was very important for Barcelona to overcome the rebounding deficit because Red Star absolutely killed them on the boards. Uh, but they shot very bad from three and they did not get the scoring punch from Shabazz Napier. And I believe they always need that to to win games against these top teams. And I think, again, consistency for Barcelona got them the win because they were always, most of the game they had the lead, but it was always like a small lead. Red Star was always close, but they were never really able to to get the lead and to to stay there. So Barcelona was very consistent and they they were secure. So that's how they ended up getting the win. But a, a very good game from Jabari Parker and Willy Arna Gomez as far as scoring the ball and then Sadoransky, of course, facilitating for them. And Barcelona is the better team and they showed that they they didn't they didn't fumble the the lead because Red Star was very close throughout the whole second half. But Barcelona did a great job keeping that. Red Star going 9 of 35 from from deep. It really makes it hard for them to be able to compete against a team like Barcelona. They will need to be more accurate on that aspect of the game. But uh, the rebounding battle really gave them a shot and a chance to, to be competitive. My question for you is regarding Jagdu We have seen some very good flashes from him. But I was expecting more and I was expecting more consistency from him from game to game and his ability to be a disruptor and to to impact the game. Do you think that we can see more from him moving forward? And do you think that there are ways for this Red Star team to get him more involved? Well, I think we can see more from him. But the truth is that backcourt is kind of stacked and 
if you were to ask me, I, I believe he's the fourth option there. Uh, I think Milos, uh, uh, Napier, and Nedovic are all ahead of him, even though he might be the best defender out of the four. But uh, I think the other three guys are, are just better players and, and they will get more minutes regardless. So even though I think he can contribute and, and I think he can have a, an important role on that team, like in certain matchups and in certain times. But uh, I don't think we're going to see the level of consistency that we expect from him because it's just tough when you're the fourth guard on the team. We end the game recaps with the French derby between Monaco and Asvel. And I would say it was without surprise that Monaco conquered the 80-70 to 70 win against uh, Asvel. Another important win and Monaco is really in a very good uh, shape. Diallo was a player that uh, stepped up on this game and added a game with uh, important 21 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists and 3 steals. How important are these complementary pieces to a team that has such elite backcourt and such elite players like uh, Mike James? How important is it to have on the previous round John Brown stepping up and especially defensively and on this one having Alfa Diallo also having an excellent game? Well, Monaco is on the way up. now. They have 5 straight wins now after that very bad start. But the thing on this game, especially, they, they started the game shooting the ball very bad. And, and then they finally woke up and they were able to turn it around. And, and I think Elio Kobo was awesome off the bench. And this is where I'm going to credit Mike James. Because with Paris Lee doing a great job on him, and, and we talked about this matchup, this matchup uh, he allowed Elio Kobo and Jordan Lloyd to play point and, and to handle those duties. And, and I believe Mike just focused on scoring when he was needed. And again, he, he was great at it, like he usually is, but he didn't force his way versus a very good defender and he allowed his teammates to shine. And I believe in past years, Mike would probably try to force some of his shots and some of his actions and he didn't do that. So he, he's playing winning basketball and that's what I love about this Monaco team this season because guys are sacrificing and they are allowing each other to, to shine and to have great games. So that's why I think Monaco this season is really a, an elite team and a true contender. Uh, as far as Oswell, they, they keep showing some flashes and I, I am encouraged by what I'm seeing from this team led by Coach Pozeco. So obviously this was going to be a tough matchup because Monaco is a, a much better team. But uh, I like what I'm seeing from Oswell and I, I think they're going to be trending up in the next games. Yeah, I'm absolutely in agreement with you there on both fronts. And for Oswell, we are seeing TLC playing with a very... A high level of confidence and that's always important and crucial for, for these teams and for this type of players. They really lacked on the, the backcourt on this game. Uh, offensively, they were not able to, to play at the level that the team will need from them for them to be able to, to compete with uh, this uh, Monaco team. And uh, to end our breakdowns uh, of uh, all of these matchups and before we hit the standings and check everything that is going on on that front, how close would you say that Monaco is from uh, Real Madrid on the on the fight for the, the top contender of the EuroLeague? Well, I don't know if they are close to Real Madrid, but I would say they are the closest team. Uh, I think it's still a, a tough matchup because Real Madrid's size especially on the wings. But uh, I do believe Monaco has the, the firepower and, and uh, the, the ability to, to play making, to create, that, that gives them a fighting chance uh, against Real Madrid. So I'm definitely excited to see that matchup. And, and I think Monaco has a chance, but Real Madrid is the better team. And, and I'm, I'm not going to get that confused, even though I'm a big fan of, of how this Monaco team is built. 
So we'll see what happens in that matchup. But I definitely think Monaco has the best chance to to give a a tough game to Real Madrid. But uh, they are making our power rankings look good and we would have those two teams at the top still. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Very well. To end our week recap of the, the EuroLeague, let's go over the standings and see who were the, the big movers on the, after this round seven. At the top, we have no news. We have Real Madrid and Barcelona. And they are deserving to be at the top of the standings, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, obviously Real Madrid, uh, the only team without losses and they are the better team, like we keep saying. Uh, Barcelona has shown the ability to be very consistent and to play at a, a very high level in a very good brand of basketball. So they are deserving to be in second spot for sure. And I think both these teams will continue to stay at the top for for most of the season. Fenerbahce and Monaco are climbed uh, some positions. They are now third and fourth with five wins and two losses. And these were teams that had a somewhat rough start, but they are finding themselves and they are showing that they are the, the type of teams we expected to see from them and contenders to be on a, on a final four. Yeah, absolutely. I think so far, you, you got to say these four teams are the, the most likely, maybe. Maybe that's the, the correct word, but the most likely to, to reach the final four because they obviously have elite rosters and they've been playing very good basketball. So they... These four are leading the way right now, uh, not only as far as the standing goes, because obviously that's about wins and losses, but as far as what they're doing on the court, uh, I believe these four teams might be the, the best four so far. Yeah, absolutely. They are the, the top four teams of the EuroLeague in these early stages. More will join them. They will have a fight for sure, but uh, they should be seen as the early favorites to, to aim to be on the decisions time of the EuroLeague. Virtus and Valencia are tied with these two teams with five wins and two losses. They dropped uh, some positions. They are now fifth and sixth after the losses that uh, they had on this round. And for me, Virtus and Valencia shown that they have enough to be on the playing mix and to, to have aspirations to fight for that. It will be about how they will to be able to deal with uh, these losses and bad rounds. They will have those. Their rosters are not as deep as some other rosters in the EuroLeague. And the ability for them to punch back and to recover from these uh, bad runs will be key for, for Virtus and for Valencia to be able to win, to stay on this playing fight, on this playoff fight. But uh, they are teams that are giving very good early indications, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I think they have a chance to be in, in this fight for, for a playing spot, for a playoff spot. But uh, it, it wouldn't be surprising if they start falling a bit down the standings now because obviously you have teams like Partizan, Panathinaikos, Maccabi, that at least I feel like they're going to be on the way up now. So it's going to be tough for Virtus and Valencia to, to keep these top six seeds, but it's normal. I mean, the other teams are very talented, so it's going to be hard, but I believe they, they've earned the right to be called a, a playoff contender. So uh, I'm very curious to see what they do throughout the season, but a great indication so far. Maccabi has one game less like Real Madrid. They still need to, to play uh, the game from round six. But uh, they are seven with uh, four wins and two losses. 
And I believe they are a team that are just at the level we expected to see from them. They have wide back, and uh, I think that uh, we will see Maccabi still uh, continue to, to climb, to fight, to, to be uh, on that fifth position, and to try to fight for home court advantage in the first round of the, the playoffs. And that's what we expected from, expected from them, and that's what we are seeing. And with wide back, we can just ex- expect that to continue. Yeah, absolutely. Paratinaikos, Partizan, Olympiakos, Jalgiris, Basconia, Ephes are all tied from 8th to 13th with three wins and four losses. From these teams, which ones do you expect to, to have the advantage and to, to end on top of this group? Probably Panathinaikos and Partizan. Uh, I believe those two are, are the best teams out of these six. Uh, Olympiakos, if they do add an offensive weapon... Maybe they're up there, but they they haven't been able to do that. And so far, I, I see no signs of them getting that done. So I believe Panathinaikos and Partizan are probably the best teams there. And how would you compare them with Virtus and Valencia? Panathinaikos and Partizan are better as far as talented and as far as potential. Uh, but they haven't played the level of basketball that Valencia and Virtus have played so far. So... I would have to see those specific matchups happening, but uh, I believe all, between all four teams, all of them would have a, a chance to win those matchups. But Partizan and Panathinaikos are more talented, so I'll probably give them an edge. Very well. I'm in agreement there. I will also have those teams uh, on top. And I think that Olympiakos and FS are teams that also should be seen on that mix. They... For, the, for different reasons, they just need to, to step up. Olympiacos needs to find the that of, offense that they have been lacking early on, while FS needs to to just adjust their system and to just play better. Uh, that's how it is. But I think that these are all teams that we can expect to see uh, climbing, or at least we can expect to see more than we saw on the early stages, as we can from uh, these two teams that are in 14 and 15. And... Um, 16, we also had Bayer tie with both of them, but uh, Milano with two wins and five losses and Red Star with two wins and five losses are teams that I also expect to see going up and to perform better moving forward. How high do you think that uh, Milano and Red Star can uh, go up on the, these standings? And uh, do you think that uh, they will be able to find the level that we expected for them from them early on? Well, uh, I think both of these teams are much better. As far as like their roster, I think... They are much better than what the standings show so far. Um, I definitely think Milano needs to find that backcourt option to, to help them uh, win games because it hasn't looked good. But uh, And Red Star, it's kind of the same thing. Not that they need another option, but again, just, just play with a level of consistency. And I think they've been better in the past few games. So I believe both these teams will be on the way up uh, in, the, in the following, I don't know, month or so. Uh, I think they will be climbing up the standings and, and I believe they are much better than what standings say right now. To end uh, at the bottom of the standings, we still have Alba and Asvel. Uh, we know that Alba is a team that can play high pace and can surprise in any given night, but talent and consistency-wise are not quite up there with other rosters. Asvel is starting to play better. I still don't think that they will climb much higher on the standings. I think they will be at the bottom of the standings, but uh, at least we have some good signs and some better basketball being played by us also. Those are reasons to be satisfied with uh, with them and with both of these teams. I think at the moment yeah. we have 
18 teams in the EuroLeague that are playing at a good level. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. This takes us to the end of our week recap of the, the EuroLeague. Stay tuned. We will be bringing you tomorrow the preview of the first hand of the doubleheader week, the round eight. Uh, on the Wednesday, we will bring you the recap, the preview of the, the round nine, the second hand of this uh, doubleheader. Follow us on Twitter at E20League so you don't miss out on any episodes and subscribe to the podcast. Also, share it with friends that like the EuroLeague, would like to learn about the EuroLeague. That's the way for us to continue to grow. We are very appreciative of uh, all the, the subscribers and all the followers that we gained so early and so fast. It's surpassed any of the expectations that we had for the, the podcast. So we will continue to put out content uh, regarding the EuroLeague, the FIBA competitions, and it has been a pleasure to to work on this project with uh, Diogo and uh, to bring you guys all of this information. As always, I'll be talking with you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on next episode.